Welcome back to Note Bene. Nate Freeman, you're still ensconced in upstate New York on the first day of autumn. What is up, man? The city misses like, you. Feels like autumn up here. It's cold, it's bleak. Yeah, you're all bundled up. The streets miss you. We got a little bit of time with you, but the streets miss you. I mean, I'll be back full time in a matter of days. I feel like I've been saying that on this podcast many weeks now, but it's actually happening, which is great. How are you going to get all those dogs and the baby and yourself? The dogs your are going wife? to their new homes. They're going to make someone else very happy. Yeah. You guys making any money on those pups or what? Uh, not the kind of money you're making. <laughs> well, it has been. I got to say a very quiet fall has has turned into a very busy uh, September thus fall. Excuse me. A very quiet summer turned into a busy September. So you're not complaining the, about you're it. You're shaking the trees. There's There's apples coming out. Let's just say the American Express Company is a little bit more pleased with me than they were about 14 days ago. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, no. Got to keep, keep that platinum platinum going, man. Uh, a lot of travel coming up. Got to have it ready to go. A lot of um, travel coming up. I'm going to Los Angeles in a week uh, to check in. There's some galleries opening there. It's a, it's a lot going on. Oh, I didn't know you had an LA trip, an early, an early LA trip. You know, a I, year ago, a year ago, you and I were there on podcast-related business. We were, yeah. It's been a year since the fateful tour through. Uh, we an ripped through by, LA. Yeah, there's there's a, a, a an emerging artist who had a, a great show that we got a tour of. We did. We got a private tour of Hunter Biden's show. I can't believe that was a year ago. It literally feels for me like a lifetime um but here in new york like the, the the openings just don't stop uh mm -hmm. last week uh was really thrilled to celebrate with sherry Giuseppe in the opening of her show mm -hmm. rachel Uffner, uh fresh off the heels of her um inclusion in the venice biennale that was a power-packed and super fun dinner at where um, was the dinner uh where's that where are all the dinners on bond street el buco Albuco, or maybe it was maybe it was Great Jones, maybe it was uh, Albuco oh. Altamari, uh, upstairs in the private dining room. Such a great, uh, really well seated, thanks to a good friend of mine. LinkedIn Bill was some of the most important curators of our time, TBH. Really? That's yeah, great. yeah, and heard all about the upcoming in the early. Got some early views of the uh, the installation of the Alex Katz show uh, from the in process installation going on at the Guggenheim. That was pretty cool. I am very excited for that. Uh, I I think there's going to be a grand fete for Mr. I, Katz. You know, I just the, the the invitation to the grand fete just dropped in my inbox. Unfortunately, it's like a rough timing. Uh, not for me. I'll be in New York City. I'm so. <laughs> I'm I'm very jealous. That was a that was a great invitation to get. I'm kind of I did all the math. There's no way for me to make it work until we get those concords up in the air. Uh, I know that's just not going to happen. Well, I only wish there was a way for you to stop by in New York from Paris to Dallas, but them's the breaks. It, not going to happen. And, you know, I got to Lincoln build. Scott Rothkopf was at that dinner and got to chat up with him. A number of subjects uh, art and not related, including much like yourself, a new father. Mm -hmm. um, but he kept his mouth Dad as vibes. much gossip as we had. He kept his mouth shut about a little bit of news. I bet he was he was already keyed into. And that was his colleague David Breslin's departure from the Whitney, uh, fresh on the heels of his curation of the Whitney Biennial to go be the department head for the contemporary art department at the Metropolitan. Politan Museum, probably the greatest museum in the greatest city in the world. Mm -hmm. Big moves all around. I mean, David is an excellent curator, a great guy. I just uh, linked with him at a dinner at Altro. Uh, he's just one of the best. And Max Holland, once again, power moves. 
Listen, the Met is in fuego right now um, in terms of New York City institutions and a great, an inspired, I would say, hire. Mm -hmm. um, he's both a very serious, academically minded, well-trained curator, also a super fun guy who, much like Max, is on the streets, hitting the streets. Absolutely. Um, and the Met is full of those curators now. You get Ian. Ian's in the streets constantly, you know? Ian's um, the so guy. They're really, they're really tuned in. Um, no shade to other institutions except for maybe MoMA. Uh, but, uh, um, uh, but yeah, so that's, I think that's going to be fascinating. He's going to be overseeing the development of uh, a huge project, meaning the recreation and the construction of brand new contemporary galleries there at the Met. Um, mm -hmm. it's a huge job. It's a huge move and certainly leaves a hole at the Whitney, but there's a, there's a lot of holes at institutions right now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the Whitney, which is also doing great, will find an you know, Whit Whit Whitney's also too. Whitney's also firing on all its cylinders. It really has been since they since they put that building up. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a bunch of big holes. You know, PS One still directorless mm -hmm. as of right now. That's um, true. You know, uh, so that's going to be a big hire. The Guggenheim is searching for a director mm -hmm. as we speak. Yeah. Um. So there's there's going to be further big moves. You know, and you know, although we were talking a little bit of smack about the moments deaccessioning last week, and in general about that institution feels a little rudderless they just lost their their curator of photography after mm -hmm. only two years but they do have an incredible photography exhibition up right now that i was stoked to go see i know you went to go see the tillmans as well right i got an early look at it uh you know with with the press uh mr tillmans was in attendance which is which is always great uh i think he was in attendance when you went as well I just rolled by on any given, I don't know, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever it was last week uh, to pop in just with the with the holy ploy, uh, unlike you and your VIP press thing. And uh, yeah, as I was waiting outside for a buddy to show up, uh, walk by as uh, Mr. Tillman's walks by, huge camera strapped around the neck. He's got the Telfar bag, like he's just being <laughs> himself. Um, it was great. It was Tillman's at the moment. The show, I think, is incredible. I'm a huge really fan is. of Wolf Games work and it really contextualizes. I love how how he flattens the work, both in terms of era, scale, subject matter, like it's all one thing. Um, I was distressed and annoyed to read. I, I meant to send this to you. The FT, this, uh, the, this lady, I've never heard of her, had a very negative review of the show, which basically came down <laughs> to, um, and I wish I had sent it to you so we could discuss it, but basically came down to like, she seems like his, it felt to her like his life was much cooler than hers. And she's like, <laughs> how is this supposed to be of a generation? This wasn't a life I experienced. I was like, where were you? I love reviews like that, you know, where it's just like, why are the kids having so much fun? Yeah, that's basically what it was. And she's like, I was of this generation, but I didn't see any of this stuff. And it's like, <laughs> sorry, you're a square. Um, and also, like, somehow, like, uh, uh, tacked on, like, saying that the, the photos weren't technically proficient. I think they're highly technically proficient. And that's what elevates Wolfgang's practice from mere snapshots that anyone could take into truly art is, mm -hmm. is his proficiency with the camera ac across digital and analog. Anyway, I love that show. There's I probably 30 or 40 uh, images from that show that I would be so keen to own in my life as a, as a collector and just a human being in the world. Mm -hmm. um, it, uh, it's, it's remarkable. You have to see it. It's, it's a must see. I'm going to go back. I can't wait to go back. Well, I, I was thinking, but it's a really interesting time for photography here in, in New York. And a great, I couldn't do it, but a great back-to-back -back would go see Wolfgang's show and then go up to the Met to see the Burnt and Hilda Becker show. Mm -hmm. You know, import, important seminal post-war German photographers and teachers who then, you know, a direct lineage to Wolfgang from them um, sure, over the sure. past two and a half generations. I think that's very they, they cool. Taught Gursky, they taught Gersky, they taught Struth. 
all the greats. Yeah, I, I think Ruff as well, and then Tillman's is a generation kind of below those guys. Also, mm-hmm. Roof has a has a show that's opening, I think, any day now at this Werner Gallery here in New York City. That is true. Uh, and then you also have the Diane Arbus show, which I also went, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is very different than Wolfgang's, a different form of portraiture. But I think there are certain similarities, and that show is just absolutely stunning. At, so incredible. At so yeah, really, really, really incredible show. Um, just iconic images, images you haven't seen, and really the largest restaging of the retrospective of hers, like, you know, in 30 or 40 years, something like that, since her, her death in the late 70s. I was there on Saturday, again, with the Hoi Polloi man was it packed and uh guess who was there our favorite city bike riding art collector dino buyer no way leo was there along with his very close friend jared leto oh wow i mean i mm-hmm. hope i i hope that leo realizes that diane was well well north of 25. <laughs> I'm not I mean, sure. I'm not. I'm not sure if his age, you know, if, if his age governor applies to the art he collects. But. I, I I think that he makes an exception there. Uh, he was certainly into the show. Um, oh, that's cool. I love. I love that. Um, so a moment for photo uh, in New York right now. Uh, certainly, I've also I started to to peek into some of the auction previews for the September kind of season opening contemporary sales that are all either uh, up or about to be up. Uh, they're certainly online on the internet. The catalogs for uh, Christie's, Sotheby's, and Phillips. Uh, coming up after you and I chat, I have a really nice conversation with Bridget Finn um, from Reyes Finn, but more importantly, in the context of this, she just organized a great sale to support research into uh, rare diseases, um, mm-hmm. and there's some amazing works over at Christie's Incredible that I was checking works. out. So stay tuned and hear us chat about that. Um, the sales all look good, no surprises, You know, nothing that can really be, I, I don't think, based on what they have in the sales, uh, no tea, le- tea leaves about the market can be read for that. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how things go if the things that are very hot right now continue to be so um, in the sales. I mean, in general, though, the seriousness of Christie's and they have that charity and a couple other really high-end little charity sub-auctions within their main auction uh, versus Sotheby's that have like Robert Patterson curating <laughs> and uh, and uh, what's-her-face, um, Jerry Gagosian. Like, you know, real real differential and quality of talent that's, uh, that's engaging at the two houses. I'm going to go to bat for, for Rob here because, you know, that's just like, you know, the Sotheby's selects or Sotheby's curated thing. They, they have like celebrities just pick out works and they've done it for a long time. They've famously had Drake curate a show you know no one gave drake shit for curating a show i don't think rob should get shit for doing this i'm sorry well, I'm i mean drake's drake okay i mean listen i'm i'm, ha- I'm happy with the recount point i don't really care that much one way or the other but it just seems like a different in that sotheby's really posing itself as a as a lug- luxury lifestyle brand and that's mm-hmm. what they're going after the sneaker heads uh, as opposed to christie's which is rem- remaining to be you know really a, a place for for high-end specialists I mean, I can't necessarily argue with that, um, but just patents and rules. So, okay, all right. I, I didn't know you were Stan. That's good to yeah, know. Yeah. You know, each and each passing week of knowing you of this friendship in this podcast, I learn more about you, and there's more texture there. Who doesn't like that, Rob Pattinson, dude? Come on. I didn't read the books. Didn't see the movies. I don't know. I was a Potter. <laughs> Oh, uh, and in more news that kind of seems like the kind of same story we've been hearing over and over again. We have another blue chip adjacent gallery moving downtown to Tribeca uh, mm-hmm. with Almin Rec, uh, uh, announcing uh, a huge space that, that, that they're moving into, uh, of course, uh, shepherded uh, and brokered by uh, past guests. <laughs> 
Jonathan, Jonathan Travis. Jonathan Travis. Um, the one and only Jonathan Travis. Once again, makes the announcement on his Instagram as if it's totally normal that he just once again signed another Bluetooth gallery to try back. He's just crushing it. He's crushing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that 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 she and uh, and her staff is moving down there. Um, and it's definitely, you know, more and more blue chip are kind of going there. But I think it's a rising tides kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I know uh, we came up in discussion the other day whether big galleries moving to Tribeca was good or bad for the scene. And everyone was like, well, as long as you've signed a lease and it's long enough term, like it's nothing, you know, nothing but gravy. Exactly. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, rising tide lifts all ships. And we love the all mean rush gallery. And it's going to be great to have them downtown, honestly. You know, uh, I know you're an uptown guy. I'm a downtown guy. I like the galleries downtown. It's just easy. You can walk around. You go to the Odeon. It's great. Yeah, listen, I'm going to make it there much more frequently. I did do some uptown uh, stop-ins the other day because I was kind of at MoMA for Tillman's. Um, I know you went to, to the opening, I think, in the dinner, but the Izzy Wood show really blew me away. I mean, it's a fantastic show. Uh, I, I actually went in in the afternoon before the opening. I spent a lot of time in there by myself and uh, just truly blown away. I know that people are very partial to the works on velvet they the works on velvet in the show are spectacular but really everything is great i loved it and i mean you know it's one of those artists where i kind of saw her through the market before i really experienced the practice and the work I just mm-hmm. saw something everyone wanted and, and saw big auction results but they are killer pictures a great choice in that amazing you know that that, that gordon's gallery just looks so so good for mm-hmm. that type of work um really absolutely killer um but she was throwing some bombs there was a whole bunch of press that she released recently kind of surrounding surrounding the opening of the show both about her musical career and her art career of kind of high-powered men courting her professionally Mm -hmm. and her response to that i mean she really uh, she really threw jerry uh excuse me larry under the bus (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure she she entirely did that but yeah friend of the pod joe coscarelli had a killer profile of izzy in the paper of record uh, focusing on her art practice and her recording career. And I don't know if I've told you, but I'm a fan of the music. I think it's it's just killer. Uh, I've, been, I've been listening to it for years now, and this new album is great. Uh, yeah, maybe she has some beef with Mark Bronson. Mark, you know, offered his HBO Max passport, the uh, passport tour, and then immediately canceled it after the story came out. Oh, really? Is, I didn't you know. know that. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway, and heading back downtown, I know that we have uh, Pace is opening up its gallery down there uh, mm-hmm. pretty soon, headed by gallery founder uh, Arnie Glimsher, uh, mm-hmm. naming the gallery after the original address in Boston, something, 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 Newbury Street. 125 Newbury. Yeah. yeah, which I'm a big fan of, uh, being an old Boston head, Newbury Comics, I mean, an important cultural site. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to be having, from what I understand, from what I've heard, although I haven't seen the invite in my inbox, they're going to be having a big dinner to celebrate the opening of this show at Mr. Chow's, a restaurant that you and I dined at this very week. That we did, and, you know, it's still hitting, man. That place fucking rules. Everything we got was killer. Oh, Abs- ab- absolutely banging. Uh, we, you know, we, it's something that came up in an earlier podcast, like the idea for it live on the air, uh, with, uh, Andrew Quo and Joe Cole. And, uh, we saw it through, made the resi, went in there and it slapped. First, we made a huge, a huge mm-hmm. mistake in, uh, not a mistake, but like, you know, we're all like restaurant pros and the waiter's like, Hey, you want some help navigating this and what you should do? Like, no, 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 bro. We got this. Fast forward 20 minutes. We're like, dude, we need some help. Walk us through what we're doing. He walked us through it and, and we were dancing. Uh, yeah, we, we went for the prefix with the Peking duck. Uh, absolutely incredible. Crispy beef, absolutely slapped. Uh, whatever those kind of like shrimp in a white sauce with uh, with uh, walnuts 
incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, really just like epic, 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 epic meal. Super fun. Yeah. I mean, Michael Chow, the master, the god, has really conjured a, a mood and the magic at that place. But you can also just go and have a casual Tuesday evening dinner, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's celebratory. But, you know, it's funny. as For a room that's, you know, what, 15, 20 years uh, old, it doesn't... And they all look the same. All the Mr. Chows look the same. Mm-hmm. Like the same lights, everything. It doesn't feel dated. It feels no, all corrupt. It like a, a restaurant of the moment. It it's wasn't... Timeless. We were... Th- we had an early resi, uh, much as the New York Times has highlighted recently, like mm-hmm. early is the new late. Uh, so we had a seven o'clock, which for me is actually like, you know, a 630 is even better. Um, but a seven o'clock resi wasn't as bumping as theirs. I would want it to be. I think having people outside as well, we clearly made the right choice in sitting inside, kind of dissipate some of the energy. But I think on a Friday or Saturday, I'm sure it's going off in there. Yeah. I mean, the the scene was pretty good and it was only getting better as, as the night went on. I'm sure that, that you know, next week when Arnie Glimcher and, and the team celebrate, it's going to be popping in there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I also, you know, I went to, uh, uh, you know, cause we can't have a podcast without any, uh, without any Lodi news, uh, and rock center news. I swing by for another breakfast this morning with a friend of the pod and past guest, Haley Mellon. We were just linking and connecting and, and Love talking it. about what's up in her life. And, uh, as I was approaching Lodi through, by the way, the fucking midtown New York right now, just impossible. This UN shit, I mean, these people haven't done anything effective in 30 years. And the fact that they tie up our city in absolute gridlock. I'm trying to get to my shrink yesterday yeah. was an absolute mess. Like, thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Brandon. But anyway, uh, approaching Lodi, I uh, finally get there. I was able to cross through cordons and cordons of police and secret service agents and diplomatic core security. Uh, finally get there. And I noticed that just next to Lodi's space, it looks like they've, they've built out with their branding to the left and it's covered in newspaper. I think they're going to be expanding that location. It appears to me anyway. I mean, that's what it looked like in the picture. And we, we love a big Lodi. You know, if, if they make that place as big as Ultra, like, you know, more power. Yeah, because there's not really anywhere to sit down inside there right now. It's all outdoor seating and then kind of counter space, uh, which is chic for like a quick solo or, or duo lunch, but doesn't really work for dinner. So I think mm-hmm. that's going to, uh, I don't know, I'm excited to see if our hunch is right. And based not, on the images, it appears it is. Not to talk more about Ignacio, but I did go to Corner Bar yesterday for lunch, which I have not done yet. Um, I had the BLT, which is just fabulous. Highly oh, we're, we're in the last few kind of days or weeks where BLT season's really hitting with those tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I love to hear it. I love to mm-hmm. hear it. I haven't it, eaten today. What am I eating today in, in fucking <laughs> Union Square? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? What else is on tap for this week? Uh, that's, you know, I get a good friend of the pod, uh, RJ, an artist. His birthday is on Friday. So I'm really excited to go check out the new Amon. Mm -hmm. Uh, private club and restaurant uh, that just opened last week here in Midtown Manhattan. So I'm going to check that out for a little bit of sushi and a little stuff in the jazz club. I think that'll be, I think that'll be pretty fun. Uh, Stay tuned next week. I'll report back on that meal. Um, You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening tonight, all of which I'm just foregoing. Uh, Art news is having their release of the top 200 collectors issue. And uh, Sarah was kind enough to reach out and invite me to that, but I just can't make it. I was invited as well. Unfortunately, I'm stuck upstate, but I'm sure that's going to be a ball. It's at so. What's the timeline? When are you leaving upstate? Like, you know, when are you getting the fuck back here, man? (laughs) I'm coming back on Monday. I'll be back very soon. All right, we have that to look forward to. And I think, do you have a new column coming out this week or next week? Uh, yeah, it should be. It, it should be up as you're listening to this podcast. Go to vanityfair.com. You'll see it right there. Oh, it's been too long. It's been I too know. long. I know. All right, I'm going to take that into the shitter. And in the meantime, stay <laughs> tuned. We have Bridget Finn talking about the amazing charity auction she's put together. So stay tuned right after.
this. Welcome back to Nota Bene. I am so thrilled to be joined by a very dear old friend of mine, Bridget Finn, uh, currently of Reyes Finn Gallery in the Motor City itself. Hi, Bridget. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and we're really thrilled to have you on. And we're having you on because you have spearheaded a really interesting um, kind of little subsection within the big uh, Christie's Fall Opening Season Contemporary Art Auction of several lots. And you have kind of put this all together uh, in an effort to raise funds uh, for an organization that is fighting to do research uh, on STX BP1. I think I said that correctly. You did. I'm impressed. Um, tell me what that is, um, first of all, kind of what your involvement and your journey to learning about this has been, and then we can learn all about this amazing auction you've put together. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. Where to start? Um, so STX BP1 is a rare disease and it stands for syntax binding protein one. Um, it's a gene on chromosome nine. You have two of them. We all do. And People with STX-BP1 disorders, one of their uh, two genes is not working. So I learned about this disorder almost a year ago when my daughter was diagnosed with it. And um, basically, it's, you know, they give you the, the diagnosis and then you're sort of, this is kind of how the rare disease community works, you're sort of on your own to sort of figure out what that means. So it comes with epilepsy, autism, um, uh, intellectual in impairment, um, movement disorders, all sorts of things. It's a very broad spectrum. And once I started really kind of digging around in, you know, the foundation, we're so lucky to have the foundation. I'm so grateful to the parents who organized that. Um, I, I really started to find out that they were much further along with the research than I had initially thought when you hear rare disease. Um, and so a huge part of, of many of these things is just raising awareness because, you know, there's never been a better time to get a diagnosis like this because science is just, you know, incredible. Yeah, you know, as we've seen over the past two years, right, with COVID, um, a need, money, and, um, you know, urgency can really accelerate science. So that's sort of what I set off to do with this auction. What's your daughter's name? Her name is Florence. Florence, I've seen lots of pictures of Florence. She's absolutely beautiful. And how old is she now? Thank you. She turned two in July. Um, that must have been like a really lonely and scary moment, though, to to learn about this. Oh, it was, I mean, it was crazy. Anyone who's ever been through this, I mean, I just feel for them so fully. I mean, I'm still processing it. Actually, just pulling together this auction has been so therapeutic in so many ways. Um, but, you know, yeah, it was. It was pretty, it was, it was pretty intense. Um, but then you know, you are kind of reminded by the comfort as time passes that, you know, your child and, um, you know, it's not just the paperwork packet that they hand you and these, you know, um, symptoms. It's, you know, your kid is in there. It's more than a diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, as a, as a father, I find it really effective and, you know, 
um, and and really hardcore. And uh, I think it's beautiful that you've channeled some of this into finding a, a solution and beginning to you know get into helping to fund the search for more answers. And you've put together, you know. I think it's like an incredible set of several lots by, I know people that you've been close to artists, that you've been close to who are amazing artists and amazing human beings, all who have donated their work um, that will be uh, on sale in this auction at Christie's the week after next. I'm pulling up the date right in front of me. Um, it'll be part of the post-war to the present sale, which is taking place. Oh my goodness. On Thursday, September 29th. So like a week from today, yeah. all this stuff will be going up. Um, and, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I guess it's uh, six or eight lots here. Um, but like, really, I mean, I have to say, also, they're friends of yours. They're great people, obviously, but they're also very highly in demand contemporary artists. So we have da Dana Schutz, um, Derek Forger, Jonas Wood, Eddie Martinez, Sam Moyer, Robert Longo. I know I'm forgetting one. Um, Laura Owens. Laura Owens. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, just Laura. <laughs> NBD. Um, and they all gave like really great work. What was the process like of you like deciding to a deciding that like to use your knowledge of the art world and your connections to kind of meld this with the challenges that your daughter was facing and, and lots of other parents and children are facing? Yeah. So, um, well, what's kind of also I feel like I should tell you, there's actually 17 lots in total. There's just only that highlight reel um, that is like the Christie's culture and philanthropy page but it's actually even larger um, oh wow amazing yeah so honestly this pulling this auction together um really has been um i mean pretty amazing it really was you get a diagnosis like this and you kind of start to think about your community right and and what that means and for me it, it is you know i became an adult in, in the art world, right? I mean, I think we met when I was 22. Um, so that's where my relationships are. Those are, you know, that's where my friendships are. And um, I think, you know, I called Sam Moyer and Eddie Martinez and, um, you know, they were like, what can we do? And of course, my <laughs> fundraising background was like, well, we do an auction. We do one auction. I will never ask you to do this again. And then I really, you know, I mean that I'm so grateful. Really, pretty much everyone we asked said yes. I mean, we even had more, you know, there were more people that were um, wanting to participate than to be honest, I could even accommodate because of, you know, just the logistics and organization and getting all of it together. Um, but I think what's really telling and interesting is also just the caliber of the works, right? I think um, when you, when you, see them, you know, uh, I think the first lot is Laura Owens. Um, it's an incredible painting and followed by Dana Schutz. Um, Derek Forger reached out to me and I can't even believe the generosity. It's just, it's really, the whole thing has been so touching. Um, and then, you know, cause gave a work that I've never seen a cause released. Um, yeah, it's a really, really cool one. So cool. And I feel like it's in really, there's like a kinship with the cover of the New Yorker that, you know, just happened. So it's just, 
honestly, I'm like so blown away by the caliber of works. Eddie Martinez. I mean, just as a market guy, like this Laura Owens is an incredible painting. (laughs) Um, This is the kind of painting that everyone is looking for by Laura, one of the most important kind of living painters of of our generation. Um, I want to buy this painting. I'm going to try and get a client to buy it. Um, uh, The Dana Schutz, too, uh, is actually a relationship between this amazing painting on paper with a painting that she um, gave to uh, the 2 by 2 organization for AIDS and Arts um, when she was honored there. And this is an incredible, incredible work. Again, you can't get these. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You cannot buy a work by her. And so this is an incredible way for people to get involved. Eddie, who I know is a dear, dear friend of yours, um, and like I think like one of the all-time great dudes in the art world, um, a, incredible, like everything you want in Eddie Martinez painting. Yeah. Um, uh, like, God, I wish I could afford this. I love this painting. <laughs> it's a joyful painting, and you know, I was also just kind of like blown away by like if you look at Jonas's painting, if you look at Eddie's painting, Derek's work. There's such a, I mean, these are really celebratory, kind of joyful colors and palettes that they're working in and i mean i just love that aspect of it as well yeah um when did you first come up with the idea to do this (laughs) probably a bit too soon um probably very soon after i kind of came out of of the kind of like initial fog of the diagnosis um i want to say it had to be probably sometime after Miami last year. Um, so maybe, maybe the new year. Um, and then we, you know, to be honest, I kind of slowly asked people, um, to kind of get involved. Sam and Eddie got on board. Um, I asked Jonas, you know, Jonas, I worked at Anton Kern when I was a total baby. Um, so I've known Jonas for such a long time. Um, I'm so grateful that he said yes. And, and everyone really said yes with like such a, yeah, whatever I can do. You know, and that also is just so honestly, like I, I am so grateful. I know what participating in something like this means. I know that it's uncomfortable for artists. I know that, you know, it's asking a lot. And I just am so grateful that they all did it. And boy, you know, the works are really amazing. I mean, it looks really great. I mean, say what you will about the contemporary art world and the art market. And obviously this podcast often pokes fun at it, but it is a big extended family. You spent so many hours with a lot of these people at dinners, traveling to weird small cities in Europe or the yes. US, you know? And like, it's really, even though they might not be people you talk to every single day or in your core, like they really are like family in the same way that family, even if you don't speak to them for a while, like they know you, we know each other and we have like a real long standing love for each other through all the ups and downs of careers and business and money. For um, sure. I think, I think like an auction like this really explicates that in a really beautiful, beautiful way. And then how did you get Christie's on board and involved? Well, to be honest, I called Sarah, Um, you know, I just called Sarah and kind of explained what I was doing. And at that point, um, you know, there was no hesitation. There really was no hesitation all around. Um, It really came together so beautifully well. I I just, um, you know, I kind of explained the premise, explained at that point, I had no idea what any of the works looked like, nor did I know you know, um, what we were going to get. We had some yeses, but we didn't have like, yes, and I will give you this. Um, 
So the fact that Christie is just kind of committed and committed so fully and honestly, it's given me such a new appreciation for uh, the the world of auction houses because I really am so impressed by the amount of work that they put into just every every aspect of it. But also they really cared very deeply about the artist being happy. Um, and that was so refreshing to me. Yeah, I mean, Sarah's absolutely great. She's a good friend of the pod, good friend of mine, and, uh, you know, and is a baller and like a highly detail oriented person. I know her entire team there is, and they've yeah. really been pushing, they've been really pushing uh, this part of the auction um, yeah. and, and this charity, like on all their channels. I've noticed I've gotten multiple emails, you know, from them, not because you and I are friends, yes. but just because I'm a client of the house. And I think they, you know, they're, they're not hiding this away as like, oh, this is something we have to do. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're really um, engaged with it. And I yeah. think that's really, really nice. And, and Julian, to I have to, I have to really call out Julian, who's running the sale. Um, I mean, we've spoken every day, multiple times a day for the last several months. And yeah, it's been it's been really amazing. Um, for those of you who have never um, bid in an auction before, it's actually really easy. Um, it, they, that's one of the reasons auction houses do so well is because it's hard to buy a painting or a picture at a gallery. Like it's a standoff procedure. Uh, go onto the Christie's website, uh, text me, call me, DM me. I'll help you get set up with someone over there, over at the house and walk you through the process if you need. Um, it's something you can do. You can go right onto the Christie's website. And again, the auction is a week from this Thursday and that's the 29th of September. Um, and I hope people, I think this is going to do very well, but I do hope people will bid early, bid bit often uh drop in some absentees in there like get on the phone show up in the sales room get your paddle in the air uh i know from uh, i know from the data we get there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that can afford to buy these things so i want to see you out there um getting some amazing pictures that you're not going to get otherwise the galleries aren't going to return your call uh and you're going to be supporting a beautiful and important cause um so yeah, so I wanted to, to talk about that, obviously. But while I have you here, I mean, as you said, we've known each other since we were babies in the art world. You were at Anton Kern. I was in the midst of the Whitney Independent Study Program while working at a gallery across the street called BitForums, um, I believe. Um, and, uh, and we had a whole little crew of people that were all on, the, was that 20, I don't know, whatever street that was. Um, 20th. Yeah, so how long, was that your first job in the art world at Anton's? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I basically walked in off the street and was like, you know, I had a, a roommate who was the official intern and then Anton fired his assistant. So he got promoted. Um, and then I, was this, I got... Was this Josh or someone yeah. else? Yeah. yeah. Shout out Josh Smith. <laughs> yes. Joshua then, Smith. Excuse me. Joshua Smith. Um, and then I, you know, slipped in there as um, intern. And basically, oh. I mean, this is the crazy thing too, when you think about it. I digitized Anton's entire archive. So nothing lived online before that. And that was 2005. It's, you know, pretty recent. Well, I guess not so recent. Yeah, yeah not so recent anymore at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in our mind, it's recent. And, yeah. then, uh, and then did you, did you have another job in New York after that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've had many. Um, I basically went sort of from, I see I had something that didn't kind of go great. Oh, so then, you're an in, international uh, independent curators international. Well, that was the next like official position. Yes. Then I worked for independent curators international who I love. Um, at the time, Kate Fowle was the director and uh, that was such a special time period um, where, I mean, Kate is a powerhouse. 
Um, anyone who's had the opportunity to work with her, she is so committed, um, you know, to to the organization she works with. And um, that was sort of just like a really amazing time. We got so much done. And I just love ICI. I'm still, I'm on the board now. We actually have a board meeting next week uh, at the Morgan, which I will be there for. And, um, but I did leave eventually. Uh, I left and went to um, Mitchell, Innes, and Nash. So that was the, the the rest of my time in New York was spent at Mitchell and and Nash kind of running the contemporary program. Uh, and then you made the move back to the Detroit area, which is where you're from originally. Is that right? Yeah, it's crazy. I grew up here. Um, and how'd you end up opening a contemporary art gallery in Detroit, which obviously has a great history of art schools and art institutions, but isn't known as a prime site for galleries to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, to be honest, it wasn't something that I had planned out, right? It was, um, I, I thought it was going to be in New York forever. And I love, I love New York City. Um, but it was this moment where I was kind of like thinking about all these things and just sort of what happens next. Now you, you've done it, right? You've, you, now you're running the show at this place. All of a sudden you're the oldest person that you work with. Um, and sort of what does that look like next for me? And we, um, I also ran a, an art space in Brooklyn with three other women that I love and admire, Bridget Donahue, Colleen Grennan, Erin Somerville. Um, and we, we had a project called Cleopatra's, which ended in 2018. We had a 10 year run. Um, and so that was kind of coming to a close. And I just didn't know, you know, that, that to me was like where we got to do a lot of the really creative stuff. And I just didn't know kind of what that looked like. And a, I was approached at an art fair. Um, I was sort of like set up on a blind date with a collector and his niece. Um, and uh, turned out I had already met Therese Reyes. So Therese worked at Marlboro, which is around the block from Mitchell, Innes and Nash. Um, and she had moved back to, she had moved to Michigan. She is not from here. Um, to be close to her family and in turn opened a gallery in a neighborhood called Birmingham, which is very close to Cranbrook, um, which is sort of that, you know, uh, staple here, um, a pillar of American modernism. Shout out uh, to Bloomfield Hills. Yes. Yes. Um, which is a very different vibe than Detroit. I always, you know, try to really explain that to people. Um, and so it, it was like, well, what does this look like to come back and kind of do something here? And there are other art things happening here that are interesting in their own way. Um, everything is very defined here. There's not really so much like competition. It's sort of working alongside because everyone's um, everyone's got like a very defined or specific niche in a way. Um, and I felt like I could always come back to New York, but I may not be able to participate in what was happening in Detroit in the same way if I didn't have a go at it. Um, and I've been to the gallery. It's incredible. It's an incredible space. Yeah, it's like a it's it's a really cool thing. I don't think that many uh, other people from New York necessarily have uh, have 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 been able to make it out. But like you guys are really part of the scene there. We're doing something that's international in its outlook and in terms of the artists you guys are showing. Um, and the two of you ladies are absolute uh, like uh, 
wonder kids and like balls of energy and passion. And uh, Thank you. I think a lot of the same energy you've brought into this auction, like is, is clear in the programming uh, and the position of the gallery. And, nice. uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, obviously in person uh, at the sale and in the days preceding it. And I think you guys have an event this weekend. I'm gonna try and bring the kids through if Please, the soccer yeah. schedule works out. Uh, and then you guys are doing uh, Miami Basel for the second year in a row coming up in December. So here we go. Yeah. yeah, so people that don't know the gallery and haven't necessarily made it to Detroit recently will be able to to check out what you guys are doing there. Do you know what you're bringing yet? Oh, Is it I a do. Project? Yes. Yeah, what, what, so are we, we'll, what are we looking forward to? We'll be doing a solo presentation with Nikita Gale. Um, and I am such a... Nikita is someone is just so interesting to me. I did not know Nikita before we started the gallery. I had seen Nikita's work at 56 Henry um, or, or maybe at Nada or something. And then the uh, Made in LA show and was just kind of blown away because there's such, there's so many connections to um, almost almost Detroit in a way when you think about the, the role of music and gender and um, the kind of material use, which is tends to be like such a blue collar um, use of materials in a way right so or you know referencing construction architecture all of these things that are so um present here and um with that it just makes a ton of sense for you know for us to be doing projects together so nikita's been so busy has a show at chisholm hill up currently um did a show with 52 walker and um, basically, this will be kind of the next big push. So hopefully, we'll do a book launch. We'll present a number of new works. Very excited. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, again, I'm looking forward to seeing you coming up. I'm very much looking forward to this auction coming up on September the 29th. That's next Thursday. Um, and uh, yeah, get your bids in. Um, it's I think it's going to be really successful. I'm really so happy you were able to channel your energy into doing this, and uh, I can't wait to see you. Thank you. So thanks so me much too. for coming on and telling us about it. Thanks You're for awesome, having Bridget. me. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. See Note you to soon. Bene. Bye. Out.